You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey, welcome to The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me, of course, is Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, Aaron. We are just in a very pleasant ambiance. Ambiance. Am- How do you say that? Am- am- ambient? Well, no. Uh, the ambiance is pretty nice in here. That's true. It's, you know, we've got mood lighting going on yeah, yeah, in the podcast studio yeah, today. It's, it's kind of so soothing it's and mildly uncomfortable. We have a table between us. So it's <laughs> that's okay. true. That's true. There's no candles, so we're yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, golly. Uh, that's for you. <laughs> oh, golly. That's not All right. there. Nope. 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 <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me, of course, is Brian. Brian, what's up? I am doing well today. It's a good day. It's a Thursday as we're recording this, which... It's true. You know, as the optimist, it's almost Friday. Mmm, that's true. And you know what comes after Friday? Saturday, last I checked. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then Sunday. Yes. That's right. You know, when I was a kid, I was always thinking that Saturday and Sunday were, you know, it's the weekend, so Sunday was the last day of the week. Yeah. It really was hard for me to understand how Sunday was the first day of the week. That's right. That's right. And, you know, you get ingrained. I still remember Sunday being the day that I was always disappointed about. Why were you disappointed? Well, because there there were no cartoons. That's right. Yeah. And it was child sponsorship infomercials. Yep. And, and you didn't and, grow up in a and church. Reli- and religious TV. Yeah, but you didn't grow up in a church. No, so it was, so it was like the hour yeah. of power and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I don't, there's nothing good on TV. What do I do? Yeah, <laughs> And not, everything was closed. Yeah, so for, for me, it was Sunday was the day, of course, it was church all day long, basically mm-hmm. all day long, hyperbole mm. right there. But, you know, in the morning, all your morning, and then you would have a quick afternoon and go back for Sunday evening services. So is I, I remember as a kid, I never questioned going to church. Mm. Not Even as like a high school student, I never even thought about not going, saying, hey, Dad, Mom, I'm sleeping in. Really? But I always remember, it, I mean, I enjoyed it, but also I didn't because it was such a long day as a kid. Hmm. That's fascinating, Brian. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Making sure everything's okay. Just give me a second here. You're fine. You know... Are we having problems again? We might be. Can I get you to say words? I can say words. Have a nice um, post on the Gospel Project for Kids community Facebook page. Somebody going really, really nice of of praising the Gospel Project, how wonderful it is. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's encouraging to see that. That's good. Well, we're going to look at that in a minute. And it was encouraging to see two people on the Driftbot complimenting and praising the new adult leader guide after that one person was not happy. Yes, we got a compliment on uh, that on, on Twitter as well. Good things can good, happen. Good, good, good. All right, so let's start over one more time. Okay, start from the top. Start from the top, but we can we can get back into the the Sunday morning TV conversation because okay. that's relevant to where we're yeah, going. It is. All right. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me, of course, is Brian. What up? Well, you know, it's it's a good day, Aaron. It's it's Thursday as we're recording this, and and Thursday is is one of my favorite days because it is Friday Eve. Hmm. 
Friday. Yeah, the I like that. I like that. Yeah, the yeah. optimist in me. Now, a pessimist would say, oh, man, I hate Thursdays because they're not quite Fridays. It's a tease. <laughs> but I'm an optimist. Well, it's kind of like how, how spring in Middle Tennessee is uh, is really just a tease because it's immediately summer, like yeah. a week later. Yeah. Yeah. But so just I just enjoy Thursdays. Yeah, I get that. But you know what comes after 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 Friday? Well, even better. Saturdays. That's true. That's true. And I loved Saturdays as a kid. And then what comes after Saturday? That would be Sunday. That's See, now, true. Now, that's the weekend. Saturday mm-hmm. Sunday. We know it's the weekend. Now, here's what was hard for me as a kid to figure out. Yeah. That Sunday was the first day of the week. I remember the first time hearing that, and I argued against it. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the last day of the week because it's the weekend. And so mm. it was really hard for me to get my, my young brain around that. That's true. I get that. And see, Sunday was always disappointing to me. Why, why, were, why were they disappointing? Well, well, because, I mean, remember, I didn't grow up going to church. I wasn't around That's the right. Christian faith or anything like that. So, so what do you sun- do on Sunday? Well, Sunday was the day when there were no cartoons. Oh, wow. I was really upset about that because all it was was child sponsorship promos <laughs> and and religious TV, like the Hour of Power and stuff like that. And I wasn't interested in any of that. See, I wanted to watch He-Man. See, I couldn't even tell you it was on Sunday morning TV because I was never at home to watch it. We were in church there you every go. Sunday. It, you know, my rhythm growing up was, you know, you woke up in the morning, had breakfast, immediately went to church in the morning, had Sunday school, then worship. You're out by lunchtime, mm-hmm. you have lunch, quick afternoon, and you're back mm. at church again. So... To be honest, as a kid, sometimes Sundays were hard because it was a lost, quote-unquote, lost day of play for me. Right, right. Um, it was just going, going, and going. That's true. That's true. And uh, and now you're working for the weekend. Because <laughs> everyone's right. working for the weekend. That's right, except for um, anybody who's on a church staff. Mm, They're working on the weekend. That's true. Usually. They're working on the weekend, um, and they probably wouldn't get away with playing. Is it Loverboy? I think it is. Yeah, they probably wouldn't get away with playing that uh, uh, during Sunday services. At least not at, during a worship set. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe the you never know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on the kind of ministry ministry practice. All right, here that you, you go. have, which is what brings us to our conversation today. Because over the last few episodes, we have been going through kind of a mini series talking about the gospel and um, how we teach and apply it with specific age groups. Yes. And um, and we so we've talked about what that looks like with preschoolers, with elementary age kids, with those super awkward preteens, the even more awkward teens, and now the most awkwardest of all, us grown-up types. Yes. Yeah, as we've been talking, each of these age groups have definite advantages um, as we are thinking about leading, and and we're going to shift more toward leading in church ministry now as we're talking about adults, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, But as, as we talked about this, they all have advantages. There are certain opportunities that we have with each of these ages and certain disadvantages or, or obstacles or hurdles or, or, you know, difficulties with these age groups. Mm-hmm. And I think with adults, you know, we, we see the same. Now, I would suspect that you and I may want to speak on a few of the challenges more because there are some key challenges. This is true. This is true. And one of those, it, one of those challenges is simply the, is simply pride. Yeah. It's the idea that, well, I already know all this stuff. Now, this is interesting. I think this would be more um, more true for people like me who've grown up in the church. But how about people like you who did not grow up to church 
Do you think there's a difference there? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, it can still it can still hit you pretty quickly. So um, as you know, depending on your temperament, on your, um, you know, the background that you that you you come to faith in plays plays a part in that so it may not be it may not necessarily be from an intellectual standpoint of saying well i know all this stuff it can also be things like well this is how we do things oh yeah 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 so because we're we're creatures of habit and we want to we want to establish a good nice routine or we settle into a nice rut uh depending on um your your approach to that um and and so once we get comfortable with something we don't ever want that to change yeah and see for me i think a lot of again people like me who's grown up who've grown up in the church it's a matter of we reach that point where the pride kicks in and we do not want to even give the clue that we don't know something so for example mm-hmm. next time you're in a church and this is not as obvious anymore with digital bibles but um, and the pastor's preaching on Hosea, for example. Mm-hmm. See how many people are struggling to find Hosea, but they don't want to look in the table of contents. Mm-hmm. And so they'll, they'll thumb through, and some will just give up, and they'll just stop in Isaiah they, they're because they're re- they're reading James. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's it's this this mentality of I should know where that is. Sure. And if I have to look in the table of contents, anybody around me is going to see and think I'm less spiritual. And so that's the pride that I see a lot of times this really kicks in or, you know, mm-hmm. afraid to ask questions that are really on their minds because they think, well, that would intimate that I don't know something I should know. Right. So, Brian, are, are you speaking from experience on that last one? I have one? trouble finding some of those minor <laughs> prophets. Yes. Obadiah. Yeah. And especially yeah. when they're like one, literal one page. Now, yeah. guys, is, that's why no one reads Obadiah is well, because. No, it's the reason why we have digital Bibles now because it's much easier to scroll and find it that way. Mm. But these are that's the, that's a whole other conversation there, my friend. The the this is I think a really important issue that we as leaders have really got to try to um, to to combat against because as we know, pride is antithetical to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we want is we want our people to understand, our, our adults to understand that man, this is about humility. Humility drives us to the cross, desperate sinners in need of salvation that is outside of ourselves completely. And that humility needs to continue on through our, our, our relationship with Christ as we grow as disciples because we need to be just as desperate today as we were then. Yeah. And so I think a lot of this, you know, we want our groups to have this posture of humility, this posture of being hungry to continue to learn and grow and develop, realizing we're not there yet. Right. Right. So, so how does that start? I think it starts with us as leaders. Okay. Being transparent. I'm, I'm a big advocate of this, and, and it's from the pulpit as well. Um, I, I think, you know, as we are learning, man, what a great opportunity for us to say, hey, this is something that I was doing my own reading this week. I learned this. Or as I was prepping for this session, mm-hmm. I, I learned something new for the first time. It excites me. And so I think for us as leaders to be very transparent in how we are verbalizing our growth, our development, and I think also to be quick to, to share our struggles. You know, a, a good um, Bible study time is driven by discussion, driven by questions and so forth. And so I think we need to be very, very careful uh, to appropriately share where we struggle, share where we push back. And we've talked about this some on the podcast, Aaron. 
there should be passages that trouble us. Yeah, absolutely. There should be truths about God that trouble us. And I think we should be quick to, to push back and say, you know what? Yeah, this does trouble me. I'm trying to get my arms around this. Um, I Honestly, I would prefer to have done it a different way. Mm-hmm. However, and this is the important part, however, I understand that God is God. I am not. His understanding is infinite. My understanding is not. And therefore, my goal is to defer to him in these areas where I'm struggling. Mm. I think that's kind of the approach that really helps in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of those things, I mean, even before we uh, before we get too much, too much farther in, even just being able to say, as you're reading the scriptures on, on a consistent basis, um, one of the things that's actually pretty amazing is being able to go and see that there are times when there will be a verse that you've read over multiple times yeah. in a book and literally never seen or don't remember seeing until something triggers it. Yeah. And that's, um, that's, actually, that's actually a really, really cool thing to have happen um, because it's, it's just a good reminder that the scriptures are always working on us. Yes. We're always seeing, we're always going to see new things because yes. God wants to show us new things in the word that he has inspired to be written. Yeah. Um, and it's not new revelation. It's just the things we didn't notice before. Exactly. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, now, let's, now, one of the other challenges that we have uh, with, with and as adults is that we have a tendency to rush toward what am I supposed to do? Yes. And so this is, this is just a, de- a default mode for us. Yeah. We, we, want to, we want to accomplish. We want to check off a box. We want to do whatever. Um, and that, that is a really tricky thing for us, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, it, you know, <clears throat> remembering our triad of, of orthodoxy, orthopathy, and orthopraxis, that right belief drives to right feelings, drives to right actions. Mm-hmm. At this time with adults, in theory, we should be camping out a lot more on the orthopraxis, the, the behavior, having built that on the foundation of orthodoxy and orthopathy. Yes. However, as you're saying, I think we need to be careful that a lot of times we want to circumvent that system and just go straight to orthopraxis. Sure. Straight to behavior. Right. And fail to really understand our behavior in light of what we believe and, and how we feel about God in response to loving Him and, and being grateful to Him. And, and as, as we are prone to talk about, this, that's a formula for legalism. That's a formula for biblical moralism. And so, especially as leaders, again, we need to be really careful that we understand our people are thinking that. As we're teaching, they are probably already getting ahead and saying, okay, so what should I do? Yep. What, what action point? And we need to take them there, but we need to make sure we take them there always through that same three steps. Because this is true about God, we should respond this way emotionally. Mm-hmm. We should be grateful. We should be thankful. We should be whatever. And then that, in turn, should drive this behavior. That is so critical that we verbalize that on a regular basis. And my my encouragement would be, our people should get to the point of saying, man, you say that all the time. Yep. And we said, yeah. Because said, it's always true. Exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's one of those those key things. I mean, sometimes sometimes sure. It's like you can just say, yeah, go 
here, you should probably do this. Like, but th- those are those are kind of baseline things. Yeah. Like, you know, you shouldn't cheat on your spouse, for yeah. example. That's that's kind of a duh yeah. <laughs> thing, um, which. I mean, unfortunately, it's becoming less obvious in our yes, culture, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is a good time, though. I think. Yeah. So you can lead with that. Yeah. I think there are times you're right. I think there are times you say, hey, look, this passage is crystal clear. Right. It says it right here. There's an imperative. It's right here. Mm-hmm. Do not commit adultery. Right. Now let's rewind. Why do we think that is? Why is that a command? And we need to go and regress not regress, that's not the right word, yeah. but, but go back into the doctrine and our our emotions in light of the doctrines. For example, this one, because God is faithful to us. Mm. Hosea, going yeah. back to Hosea. There you go. I mean, that's there the you Have you found where Hosea is in the Bible yet? I'm still trying to find it. Okay, there you go. Well, maybe I'll reveal I it to you I think my Bible has a misprint. I don't know if it's in there. I, I can't find <sighs> no, it. No, you've got, you You wrote in Hezekiah in crayon, though. <laughs> yes. So. so, but this is an example of how we can take and show our, our group members the beauty of that imperative mm-hmm. when we connect it to God's heart, Yeah, that his relationship with us, and then that should be the motivator. You know, I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be faithful to my wife because I love my wife, but man, is it much more meaningful for me to want to be faithful to my wife because God has been faithful to me because I love God and I'm grateful for this gift he's given to me in my wife. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that just sets our people up for, for successful obedience much more than, hey, be faithful to your wife. Now let's go into the next verse. Right. And now let's give. <laughs> That's the offering plate. Yeah, that's that's but I mean even then like when like I'm I joke about about that but giving is another one of those examples yeah. where um so many people get twitchy around it because they're not taught. Yes why it matters um and we've done a we did a a past episode on on gospel motivated giving and different views in this so we're not gonna we're not gonna rehash that so you can because you can go back and listen but um and we're also not going to throw stones at particular viewpoints but there is a there's something that we have to be very very careful of with our approach so if we are um if we are the the hard and fast it's 10 percent you know top line bottom line whatever however however you view that um one of the things that we can't just do we can't simply do is just go to um go to the old testament and say well if you don't then you're robbing god yeah because that just again that turns it into that directive imperative but with no why and no heart yeah. behind it and what we always need to do is we need to always go back to if if we care about the if we care about the gospel if we recognize that God has has generously blessed us in all things yes we can't not give in response to that yeah. and when we give that allows us to serve well the people that um that need to hear the gospel yeah. and honor the people who are serving us in our churches yeah and i think that's a good point aaron that you know one of the advantages let's, let's turn the coin over and mm-hmm. say man one of the one of the great opportunities we have with teaching to adults 
is that we are teaching a group that has so much potential to impact the culture. Um, you know, a lot of groups, uh, you're teaching parents. Mm-hmm. Man, you are, you are helping them to disciple their kids in the home through yeah. your teaching to them. The relationships we have in, in our careers, the, the income that we have to be able to go on mission trips and do these things. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as we grow, now again, as we've talked about, students and kids, they should be on mission as well. Uh, but man, by the time we are dealing with adults, we're dealing with, with people who have the freedoms, who have the opportunities to do so much. And that's why, what a great opportunity that we have to connect with their hearts, connect the gospel deeply into them, and really help them see how that drives our conduct rightly mm-hmm. and want to serve. And I mean, we can just see great fruit uh, through, our, through our efforts in, in, in small groups with adults. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Brian, before we get to the end of our time together for this episode, is there any anything else you would want to encourage um, encourage our listeners to consider? Yeah, I think uh, just a, a big idea that we haven't hit on, and, and I don't want to assume it is, a lot of this starts with us communicating the value of being in small group consistently. Mm. And this is a problem in many churches that you have people who are not in small groups at all, or mm-hmm. they're in small groups um, haphazardly, uh, schedules are busy and so forth. And so for me, I think we really need to encourage and remind our people of why it's so important to be in a regular rhythm mm-hmm. of being in a small group and being in gospel community. Right. And so that's something that, as well, you can't just do once. Um, it's not a sermon series and then you're done. It's not a special session and then you're done. I think this is something where we need to be reminding our people over and over again, and we need to be practicing it. We need to be loving our group members well. Uh, we need to be um, aware when when they have needs. We need to be spending time together. I mean, one of the one of the most fruitful things you can do as a small group is, is eat together and stuff. Mm. You know, and I'm not talking about just when you gather together as a small group. I'm I'm saying you know after after worship on a Sunday morning and and just kind of that uh, go have some organic. Go have hey, some brunch. yeah, let's let's go let's go grab some food together or you know midweek or going to ball games together, just doing life together. Mm-hmm. I know that was cliche a, a while ago, but I think it's so true that we need to help our adults remember how we need one another. God has positioned us as the body of Christ to need Him first and foremost, of course, but also to need one another as encouragement, as accountability, until so He's given us this this gift. And a big part of this is small groups. So if they're not connected to the small group like that, then they're not going to hear the gospel being taught faithfully week in and week out. They're not going to grow. Yeah. As much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think that's a great place for us to wrap up for today. So Brian, thanks for, for chatting about this. Yeah, thanks for and, the conversation. Uh, and guys, uh, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave a rating and review on iTunes. That would be super helpful. And if you have a subject that you would like us to cover on a future episode, um, please uh, send us an email at uh, thegospelproject at lifeway.com or shoot us a, a message on Twitter or Facebook. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.